Commotion, love what is happening here in the room today. It is good to have you here. Welcome to everybody who is online with us as well. And together, uh, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team. And it's good to see you. Um, you know, once in a while, you get some guests that show up into your church. And I, just for the sake of it today, I thought it would be really good to honor some other pastors who have shown up. Uh, into our building this morning. I'm going to welcome from Fort St. John pastors uh, Tony and Sarah Warner. Will you wave at me at the back? Um, some of you are starting to put that together thinking, Warner, Warner. Yeah, this is Pastor Levi's parents actually. So welcome. It's fun. And uh, I think you said to me it's your first time to our church, not to Victoria, but to our church. Listen, I'm just excited that God speaking to you about moving to the island. So uh, <laughs> it's good to have you guys here. We, uh, we love you and we honor you today. So thank you. Uh, this week, uh, as you are aware of, we challenged our church to 21 days of prayer and fasting. How's, how are you doing? <laughs> are you doing okay with this so far? So good? It's good. Well, I thought, you know, like, especially with last week, if we started to talk about the disciplines and we specifically looked at fasting, I thought there's no better illustration today than to actually jump into this message with, with this question. Does anybody here like all-you-can-eat buffets? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, and all of a sudden, your mind went somewhere, and you're like, I'm out. You know, I want to be there. But all you can eat uh, buffets, and I know many of us have different opinions and thoughts about them, but I want you to imagine with me today that you were graciously invited to two exceptionally different categories of buffet. So on the one side, this buffet over here is going to give you, like, aromatic food. It's, it's artfully plated. It's five-star in its quality, it's healthy, it's nutritious. There's that buffet. And then there's also another buffet, as you've been invited out. And this buffet over here, wow, this is a fun one too. But it's got Twinkies, chips, cookies, all of the things that you know you shouldn't do. Let me ask you the question, which one would you go to? And I got to tell you right now, I think I'm going to both today. <laughs> like, I'm ready to do both. But as a kid, you know, some of us are like, oh yeah, I'm fully into the Twinkie mode, right? Like, we're going to do that one. But many of us would also be over here. And this idea of, of two buffets is, is what I want to kind of wrap our heads around today. See, our world today presents us with a buffet. And here's its buffet. Enticing products, attractive lifestyles, and self-benefiting belief systems that promise to fulfill and satisfy, but ultimately fall short. Have you experienced this before in your life? But compared to God's word, those things that I just mentioned are nothing more than Twinkies and ramen noodles. You see, today I'm going to present to you two buffets, and I want us to today have to make a choice together of what buffet will you eat at. To do that, I'm going to turn to the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119, 176 verses. Turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up, because here we go. Just kidding, I'm not reading the whole thing. How many of you are happy now that uh, he's not doing it? But I am going to read us 12 of those verses today. This is what it says. Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions. Somebody say instructions. 
Joyful are those who obey his laws. Somebody say laws. And search for him with all their hearts. See, they do not compromise with evil and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. And then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands as I learn about your righteous regulations. And I will thank you by living as I should. See, I will obey your decrees. Please do not give up on me, God. Now, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. You see, I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. And I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord, and teach me your decrees. I could read the rest of that chapter, but you're going to get the picture of what the whole entire chapter is about. It is about the buffet of the word of God and how essential it is for us today to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Will you pray with me as we've read the word of the Lord together today? Father, thank you for this time. I simply ask that you'll anoint the words today that come from my mouth, but ultimately come from your holy word. And may we um, adjust our lives to the things that you are asking of us today. And I pray this thing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. This morning, I'd like to speak to us from the subject, Two Buffets. And uh, to do that, we're going to look at Daniel. And as we've launched into a brand new series called Dear Discipline, its premise, as I'm writing in my journal, we often have the entry point of Dear Diary. I thought that was too weak. And so I thought I would write Discipline. Through the month of January, we're looking at different disciplines through the life of Daniel. And the discipline that we had landed on last week was fasting. um, And I hope that you're doing well with this. This is hard stuff, but I believe that God is going to honor your steps and the things that you are walking through in obedience with them today. And then the second one that we're going to jump to now today is this idea of Bible reading. The, the Latin discipline comes from the root words disciplinus and disciplina. If you were to take its root, you get the word disciple. And this is the whole objective of following Jesus Christ. He wants you and I to be his disciple. He is the master. We're the student. We're to follow. In order for us to become disciples of Jesus Christ, he's going to take us through this process called discipline. And one of the disciplines that he's placing into our paths today is how we read his word. Now, the Bible, I have to say, is, is pretty amazing. We are, we are told that it is inspired Uh, It's the inspired word of God. It comes from 40 different authors over a 1,500-year time span. It actually has a main theme of grace, and its culmination comes in the person of Jesus Christ, that everything before and after points to him, and Jesus is that grace. The Bible actually is full of fun little facts, quirky little moments, and and here's one for you. Does anybody here know what the center verse of the entire Bible is? I mean, I know you can memorize it. Say it to me. Oh, it's pretty quiet. Okay, so you you don't know it, but that's okay. In the previous chapter of which we've read in Psalm 119, it's Psalm 118, verse 8. This is what it says. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Let me place those two buffets before you again one more time. You have an opportunity today to eat from the buffet of the trust of the Lord his word into your life, or you have the ability to eat from the buffet of people. 
and what they would say to you. In fact, I would say to us today that when it comes to this book that I hold in my hands, the Bible, it is the primary way in which God speaks to you and I today. So if you want to hear God speak, read his word. If you want to hear him audibly, read it out loud. (laughs) But can we admit, can we admit when it comes to this, and if I were to pull out my journal again today and start yelling at Bible reading as the discipline, can we just admit that Bible reading is hard sometimes? Have you experienced this? Because I know I have. I mean, when it comes to the Bible reading, I I have all of these thoughts that come in my head. I don't understand this. Maybe I haven't read in years or weeks. Um, I don't like reading. Uh, Too busy, chaos of life. Where do I start? How? Help me out. What do I do with this? But I'm glad you're here today because I actually believe that there is hope for you. Now, we've been matching this discipline to the man of Daniel, and we've been studying Daniel as a church for the last five months now. And as we're looking at Daniel today, we know this one fact about him. As he is living in in Israel, in Jerusalem, he is taken as a captive, as an exile to the nation of Babylon. It's when they are taken to Babylon. So imagine being taken into a completely different nation, territory. They tell you, you can't serve God anymore. You can't worship him. You need to learn our culture. So they train them. They begin to indoctrinate these young boys so that they will understand their culture. One thing I know about Daniel and his friends, they were under assault. But when I keep this context of two buffets in my head today, there's something about Daniel because he was ready to go even when he was taken as a slave to another nation. This is what I know about Daniel. In fact, in the Jewish culture, at the age of six, young boys, young lads were taken to Jewish school, rabbi school, where they had a master, a teacher, they were the student. The objective, and whether it is actually 10 years of age or 13, as some reports will indicate, but by age 10 or 13, you know what these young boys had to do? They had to memorize the first five books of the Bible called the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, of which we can't even pronounce Deuteronomy properly today, most of us. They had to memorize the full five books of the Bible. How many of you are lucky you're not in Jewish rabbi school today? Yeah, yay. But this says something to me. So what I know about Daniel is even though he was taken into exile, even though Babylon came knocking on his door, he was ready because he had studied this. He memorized it. He knew who God was. He knew what God could do. And even in the face of adversity and that wicked king, he knew God was still in control. Not only that, Daniel has another piece that was to his advantage as well. There were these things called oral tradition and prophets. I mean, for us today, we've got the totality of this book right here. Daniel didn't have this. And so what he was leaning on was the oral tradition of people saying the things that God was speaking to them as a nation. And this is what Daniel knew. Not only had he memorized the first five books of the Bible, he also knew that these prophets said, guess what, Israel? You have walked away from your God and trouble is coming. You're going to exile. So that when Daniel and his friends actually go to Babylon, they're not doing this. They knew it was coming because they were listening to the word of God in their lives. 
even though death faced them, even though they had to make decisions that would stand upon their faith, even though they stood in front of kings who could have took them out in a minute, they stood on the word of God. And I just read this a few moments ago to all of us. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, I believe that they hid the word of the Lord in their heart so that they wouldn't sin against God. And even when Babylon came knocking, guess what Daniel did? He trusted the word of God and he believed it to be as how God said it was, true and faithful. And I have a question for us today. Have you hidden the word of God in your heart so that you won't sin against him? And so today we want to kind of unpack why the word of God, why is this discipline necessary for us today? And I actually want to do that by going to an old school model that we were taught in, in, in school. Um, and it's evaluating the who, what, why, when, where, and how. Uh, we're going to talk about what does the Bible have to say to those things. So number one, let's talk about the who. Who, who is the Bible all about? Number one, is we need to know this, is that this is about God. The Bible is about God. It's about his story for his people, who he loves. And I have, I have to say today, like, I'm actually pretty enamored with this concept that the God of the universe would actually decide to send you and I this book, a manual of sorts, to help us in this life. Like, he's got a lot of other things to do, and yet he takes these stories of people's lives, of our stories and our lives, and he puts them together in this love letter. I don't know about you, but I think that that's pretty neat today, that God would decide to speak to us, but it is about him. The other person that the Bible is about is you. And in fact, this is what I need us to see today, is that your story is intricately intertwined to the stories that we read in the Bible. You want to know a little bit about yourself? Start reading some of these stories. We've got people who are messed up, people who got it right, and everything in between. And guess what? That's you. That's me. And I love this about God and how he allows us to look at his word as understanding who we are. Now, in order to understand both God and you, I've asked three questions of my own life. This is a, a pretty regular practice for me as well. And I want to give it to you as, as what do I do when it comes to reading the Bible? Three simple questions that will help you that in anything that you read in this book, it could help you. Number one is like, what does this tell me about God right now? What does it tell me about me? And what does it require of me? I think in anything that you read in the Bible, you could ask these three questions and you could learn a little bit about the situation in which you're wrestling with. Even when you don't understand it, what does it tell you about God? Even when you don't understand it, what does it tell you about you? And what will it require of you? The second thing of this uh, idea today is what? What is the Bible all about? So, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 gives us this is what the Bible actually is. So let's take a look at this. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. I want you to take a look at this because what the word of God is, is it's alive. It's not dead. The word of God is alive. It's not boring. And the word of God is powerful. That's where an amen should have happened. <laughs> but look at this. The word of God is so sharp that it's going to cut between your nonsense of life. 
soul and spirit, joint and marrow, it's going to expose you to the innermost core. How many of you are excited to read the Word of God now? But it's going to expose you as well, and that's okay. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, For the Word of God is inspired, and it is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. This is what the word of God will do for you. It will teach you. It will show you truth. It will also allow you to see the nonsense of our lives. It will correct you when you're wrong. How many of you know the person beside you is wrong once in a while? Can I see your hands? <laughs> Not a lot of hands. It's like, if you're married, be careful, okay? Uh, but it, and it teaches us to do his trick question, abort, abort, abort. Don't go there. But it teaches us to do what is right. But when it comes to this what of the, of the word of God, here's one more encouragement for you. Anytime you read it, ask the Holy Spirit to simply reveal, God, what are you wanting to say to me in this moment? But the word of God, it's what is very, very powerful if you pay attention to it. The third one, why? I mean, why do I want to um, engage in this discipline of Bible reading? Well, Psalm 119 and 105 says that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Let me ask you, does anybody here need direction today? Do you need insight for where God needs to take you? My understanding of the Bible is that God's word then becomes a light, a lamp, and it will set your feet on the right path. That's good news for us today. Now, one of the things that we um, did growing up is we would travel into the United States of America. We'd go on these road trips in the car. Lisa and I have done this before. And uh, if you are like, you know, maybe under the age of 30 today, you're going to have no hot clue what I'm about to talk about. But if you're older than that, well, you're old, first of all. And no, I'm just kidding. But, but we would go and we would drive. And so you're, on these you're in these massive cities and you're on interstates. And the really only directional capacity that you have are these signs that are on the side of the road. Or, and it's fantastic. But then if you were lucky, you would have someone who was sitting beside you uh, to, to do this. But perhaps that person wasn't there and so it was you. But we would pull out these things called like paper maps. Have you ever experienced one of these things? before anybody fantastic so here's the drill you're you're in your car and you're driving and you're looking at this map because you need to know where to go like this is illegal today for us here in North America but you would try to follow this map and see and then you flip it over and you kind of get the small details of the communities but you're here you're here and you're looking everywhere around you you just don't know what to do it's a lot of nonsense but this is what we did paper maps and if you didn't have it guess what you got lost how many of us got lost before? You're all lying, right? Like we, we get lost in these things. And you know, the interesting part about these moments as well, though, is that um, this has kind of changed for a lot of us. You know, how many of you are, are excited for GPS these days? <laughs> that was a game changer. How many of you love Google? I do, because I was tired of getting lost, and it completely changed it all. But the GPS, as we know, is called the Global Positioning System. But I, I actually want to advocate for this um, with us here today. I think the GPS is a ripoff from the original content, and it's called the Bible. In fact, the GPS should really state God's positioning system for your life. 
not a map like this. Why do I read the Bible? Why do I give myself to this discipline? It's because it's a map. Let me ask a rhetorical question. Does anybody need direction, wisdom from God today for something? I see that the word of God is that map. We have just learned out of those two verses, out of the, out of the what, that the Bible guides, directs, points, corrects, teaches, and shows us who God is and reveals who we, who we are. That's why we need help. And it's a great positioning system. Number four is the when. And the when is, I would probably suggest to us today, daily. You need to find a rhythm daily in which to do this. And find it with how it works for you. When, I, when we had kids that were younger, um, my rhythm was get them to bed, and I would do my reading late at night. Um, now that my kids don't wake up until 4 p.m., uh, <laughs> uh, my rhythm is the morning. And so, in fact, my day is disrupted slash ruined if I don't get up before the noise of my entire family and I spend that time with God reading his word. And so it's, it's switched, but all I'm saying for you is you have to find the rhythm that works for you in the, in the rush of, of work and having children or, or whatever else would be in your path. Um, you have to take this necessary discipline. You, you cannot neglect it. It's going to be that important for you. Um, Daniel, our, our character, he prayed three times a day. And I know we're not talking about prayer today, but his example and model, I think, can be applied to what we're doing. I'm not telling you that you've got to read your Bible three times a day. What I am saying is you have to find a rhythm. And Daniel knew the discipline that he had to go to God three times a day in prayer. And I believe as well that he took the word with him as he went. The fifth thing is the where. Where do I do this? Well, I would propose that anywhere, anytime. Inside, outside, on a bus, walking on a beach, at school, at work, a treadmill. I don't care where it is, but I think you could take the Word of God anywhere you go and apply it. I think that Daniel did this in his school. While he was in Babylon, he did it in his home. He did it in a lion's den, and he did it in front of kings. He had the Word of God ready to go, and he understood its power and its necessity for his life. And the sixth and the last one is the how. Um, how do I do this? And actually, if I were to go back to my journal again today, I think this is where you and I begin to make the excuses when it comes to the how. And we'll say certain things like, well, I don't like to read, I'm too busy, and I have no time. Fair enough. I mean, those are real excuses that we have placed into the path. But I think that even within that, there's hope for all of us here in this place today to find a different pattern or find a different rhythm. And and what I mean by that is that there are some extra um, examples of how we could apply and read the Word of God in our lives today. Number one, did you know this? For those of you that don't like to read, did you know that there's an audio expression of being able to read the Bible? So that's pretty cool unto itself. Uh, Another uh, digital expression that we have, and it's through video, is that you could actually read the Bible through video. And learn. In fact, our whole um, series so far in, in January for our Bible reading plan that we've talked about here today has been around video. Listen, I've done this thing for four decades plus already, and what I've learned in these last 15 days through this Bible reading plan has been astounding to me, and it's through video. I'm learning myself as I go, and it's very exciting to get there. And, and not only that, here, here's the other one, is that did you know that the Bible comes in paper copy too? Isn't this a lost art? 
I remember cutting my teeth, and guess what? Every single person had in their hands as they walked into church on Sunday morning. Now, that's not a judgment piece. Don't read that. But there's a paper copy as well that you can pull out and you could read. Maybe it's time to go wipe off the dust of the book and to pull it out and to engage in it. A quote that I have always appreciated in my life says this, a dirty Bible is a sign of a clean life. Now, I'm not talking about the dust on the outside. I'm talking about the dirtiness of the inside, where I have written, I have underlined, I have highlighted. This is another journal for me personally, because I listen to what God is saying, and I write thoughts down, dates down. This is important for us to do. Multiple ways in which you can, or how you could read the Bible. And for extra application for you walking into this week, I have three things that I would like to just place into your queue to process. How do I read the Bible? And I, um, I landed on three M's, so this should be easy maybe for us today and, uh, and, and, and to be able to memorize, which is the segue to the first one, memorize. Let me ask you today, when is the last time you memorized something from the Word of God? Like literally sat down, recited the thing so that it's stuck. The Bible, as you see the verses that are on the screen, let me read those verses to you. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Deuteronomy 6 is to take the word of God, bind it on your foreheads, teach it to children, talk wherever you go. If you are to talk wherever you go about the word of God, do you think it could be smart to then memorize what that word says? I think that's going to be important for us. And then Psalm 119 Verse 20, in our same chapter that we've read from today, I am always consumed with a desire for your regulations. That word has been bugging me this week, consumed. Are you consumed with the word of God? And if not, maybe there's some work for us to do as we advance. So this week, what I'm asking you to do is to memorize something. So what does God want you to memorize? I can make it really easy for you. John eleven thirty five, shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Easy. You can memorize that if you want. But I think that's a cheat code for, uh, <laughs> for you. Or perhaps some of you think that maybe I, should, uh, maybe I should read a chapter, try to memorize a chapter, or five verses. Just be thankful that I'm not asking you to be the Jewish little boys in rabbi school today. But what could you memorize this week? Which leads me to the second M of meditate. Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 says, But they delight in the law of the Lord, and they meditate on it day and night. This word meditation means this, to moan, to growl, to utter, to muse, and to speak. I think some of us have thought meditation to be like this thing, mm, or like all that, but this literal definition out of the Bible means that when you go to the Word of God in your day, you memorize it, then you pull it back out. You meditate on it. So you know what I've been practicing in 2023 through our 21 days of prayer and fasting so far is I'm trying to groan and moan a little bit more according to its definition. I'm trying to recite back that which I'm learning, and so it has a stick factor for us. 
And I think that the things that I'm reading in my morning, I pull them back in through the course of my day, or I even pull them into the course of different conversations that happen down the road because the word of the Lord does not return void and he'll prepare you to say whatever you need to say at the right exact location. And that's all Bible stuff too. And I believe that Daniel did this when needed. The king came, Babylon knocked, and Daniel meditated. I know who you are, Yahweh, and I know what you'll do, and you will save me from these moments. So meditate. Now, the last thing that I'll share with you here, and uh, in order to do this, I would say that this is a familiar story with probably all of us in this room at one point or another. Uh, there have been moments of this in my own life, um, and, uh, and especially, you know, as we walk into days of, of prayer and fasting, but uh, through certain moments, I, I've learned uh, these things, and, and it's this, that in, and especially this week for me in fasting, I noticed that there were some uh, weird things physically on my body becoming visible, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? And so I decided that I needed to, you know, go to Google to try to figure out what in the world is happening into my life. And as I, and as I looked at Google, uh, Google uh, basically said this to me. And keep in mind, this is your story and my story at one point. But the, the Google response was, they're called abs. <laughs> and let's be honest, folks, okay? This is not a familiar story in my life most of the time. Google is like, there's supposed to be six to eight of them, and I'm like, well, I got one, okay? Like, so let's just deal with that. There's always this layer over them, but I've, I've realized this. When I've given myself attention to getting into better shape or I've been in fasting moments as well, I noticed this. With my non-eating and a little bit of exercise, there has been something that has changed in my physical being, and it is this thing. It's the last M, and it is called muscle mass. I'm talking silly today about a physical thing, but what I'm leaning into with how we read the Bible is that this is the same with the Word of God. This is a muscle that you need to develop so that you become stronger in this world. Not physically, but spiritually. See, the word of God will breathe into our lives. It will take us on a direction to help us if we allow it. But if I'm doing this with the book and not paying attention to it, how can I develop that muscle in my life? And so I am asking us today is practice the word of God. I'm asking you to stop eating from the other buffet of what the world would say to us and come back to the buffet that is known as the word of God, his laws, his decrees, his commands. All of those pieces are essential for us to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Another encouragement for us today as we walk into this week is I need you to apply a little soap to your life, okay? And I'm not saying that you're dirty. What I'm talking about is just another skill or another opportunity for us. It's that daily this week, open up the Word of God, read Scripture. Observe it. Interpret it. What is God saying? Apply it to your life and then pray about it. It's actually why we've invited us as a church community into our um, Bible reading plan together. 
If you have not yet signed up, I'm telling you, get signed up. Go to our webpage. Get onto this plan together because what we are trying to do is develop muscle mass for all of us as a community as we go forward and into, and into our world. So the last thing is... Um, I just want to briefly talk about benefits. Does anybody here like benefits in your life? Anybody? Like, I love it because my credit card gives me these benefits. I get these points, which allow me to fly to places like Mexico and, and to eat nachos and burritos. I got to stop talking about food. Anyway, um, but benefits that way. My cell phone gives me benefits for unique features as well. But you want to know one place that I absolutely love? It's called Costco. Anybody else Costco fan? With my membership, I get to walk into Costco and I'm eating little cocktail wieners or crackers with things on it. Again, I'm sorry about you food people right now, but it is what it is. But one of the best things about Costco, at the end of the year, they send Lisa and I a bunch of money back. It is so cool that I spend my money and they give me some back. And so I go buy more food. It's a constant cycle. It's dangerous, but I'm there. I love Costco. I love benefits. But did you know this? That there are a ton of benefits when it comes to the Word of God. And when you pay attention, read the Word of God, allow this discipline to saturate your life. It changes you. Does anybody need some benefits today? I want to show you a list on the screen. Let me ask you, do you need any of these things? Do you need integrity, joy, told how to live? Do you need to be pure, told not how to sin? Do you need your eyes open today? Do you need understanding? Do you need equipment, correction? Do you need light, refuge, hope? Do you need sustaining, discernment? trustworthiness, tested, counteract stress and pressure. Come on, somebody, that's all of us at some point. I just want you to know that all of these things that I've listed in there are way more. They're all, they're all out of Psalm 119. These are the benefits to those of us who wait on the word of God. If you need any of this stuff here today, I'm telling you, quit looking to the buffet of this world turn to the buffet of the word of God and it will bring its instruction the way you need it and he will allow you to get your feet planted and so that you will allow your feet to be driven by the light of Jesus Christ amen let's pray father thank you for this space and time today I love you and I'm thankful that you thought of me to give me this love letter now there are a lot of things in the letter I don't get but you wrote it for me to give me hope to allow me to walk in integrity to have refuge to counteract my stress and pressure you instruct me and you teach me who you are and I thank you God that this is your approach to me today and to us. So I'm asking that this week, as we jump to this discipline together as a community, how is it that we could memorize, meditate, and develop muscle mass in this season called 2023? What are you requiring of me? And I pray that you'll teach us with that.
In Jesus' name. With all eyes closed, I want to read one more piece of scripture over us and online. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should never perish and will have an everlasting life. John 3.16. For my friends who are in this room today or perhaps online listening and they've never submitted their lives to you, Jesus, I pray that you will show them today that you love them. You wrote this letter for them. That you desire to be in a relationship with them and to be the Lord and Savior of their lives. And I ask that there would be an openness and a willingness to say, okay, Jesus, come, help me, forgive me, and be my Savior. So teach me today is what I pray. And so, Father, I give you this message today. Help us to process dear discipline in the context of Bible reading. Allow us to be people who love the Word of God and eat on the buffet. That is you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, church, I hope that uh, if you made a decision this morning, first of all, about following this Jesus, text the word life to 250-478-7113. Wants a relationship with you. One of our pastors will be there to help guide that conversation and journey. If you're a brand new and you're in the room today, I'm going to encourage you to go to the back. We've got three of our pastors that are there ready to say hi to you, but just to welcome you as well. And again, if you're brand new, you're new to faith, or perhaps you are saying, I just want to get plugged in deeper. First steps is like 12 minutes away from happening downstairs over a lunch where you can meet our pastors and team and hear a little bit about our church family. You are more than welcome to come and be a part of that through this door right here. But other than that, we love you. Have a fantastic week. Go Bible reading. We love you, church.